There's something wonderful about being accepted. There's something really great in life about feeling that people around you, your friends and your community, love and care for you and like you and would like to continue, for you to continue in their company. And, and that's a, a very strong human instinct to want to be liked and belong and be accepted. But for a lot of us, that beauty is taken away from us. We've never had it. It's pulled out of us. We convince ourselves that we don't belong. Or something happens in our life experience that pulls us away from this comfort, this joy of knowing that we belong and that we are liked and cared for. I know a little bit of what this is like. For when I was in school, I wasn't much of a student. And I had rather significant learning disabilities, but in, <laughs> you know, in 1960, they couldn't spell learning disability, let alone what it was. So they just thought I was stupid. Well, they may have been right, but the fact of the matter is, they just thought that I did not, you know, really work hard at it. And they just didn't, they couldn't figure it out. And I'll be honest with you, we had great teachers at Our Lady of Mount Carmel in 1960s, but they, quite frankly, did not know what to do with me for a lot of reasons. But most of all, because I was so academically behind. You know, you allow that to happen year after year, and something can happen to you. You can decide, I'm not as good as these people. I don't particularly know why. I don't really believe this is my fault, but I don't understand the divide that separates me from the, uh, from the norm. But I can tell you this much, I'm going to embrace it. I am just going to be a lousy student, and I'm okay with it. Because quite frankly, I think I'm pretty awesome. And I'm just going to have to revel in that. Because I was out on the periphery. I was not one of the normal students. In fact, even my friends thought who I enjoyed knew there was something wrong with me when it came to being able to be educated. I embraced it. I was on the periphery. I had to find some way to collect myself and make things happen. This went on for years. And it was only until I went to college, to a small university in Lincoln, Illinois, junior college, because I couldn't get into a regular college, when a professor said to me, no matter what you have ever been in your life in the past, it all starts over right now. No one on this campus knows of your professional acumen as a student. You can be anyone. There's nothing, there's no reputation to hold you back. There is nothing to impede you. These were one of the greatest words ever spoken in my ear. For I probably could have been told that when I went from Our Lady of Mount Carmel to Carmel High School at that division, and it had the exact same effect, but it didn't. It lasted four more years, and it was only as a freshman in college that I got the idea that I could take a chance and shirk off what I thought of myself and what people thought of me 
and become my potential. I am so excited about today's gospel. My brothers and sisters, Zacchaeus is a beautiful reading. It's a fantastic reading of our redemption and our salvation. Look at this guy. He was short in stature. He's just a little guy. I suspect he was a little guy all of his life. Rarely do you go tall and then get short. So he was probably always short. Probably always a little bit made fun of. Probably wasn't well accepted. Was probably seen as odd because of his stature. And so, as time went on, he accepted this odd profile and embraced it. And then, quite frankly, as he became an adult, he decided to become a tax collector. One of the worst possible professions any Jewish man could ever choose to become. Why? Because in that role, you collect taxes for the Romans. And in, they say, we want this much tax out of these individuals, and your job is to go get it. And he would do that. But you could also augment the amount so that that part you could keep. And then there was actually something really powerful. There was a punitive nature to this job. So if I didn't like the way that you looked at me on the street the other day, and I didn't like the way that you called me, hey, shorty, when we were kids, I could exact any amount of tax on you. I was hated. Zacchaeus had to be hated. Not only was he a traitor for dealing with the Romans, but he extorted money from these people because he didn't like them, because of the way he had been treated. And he had absolute power, and he was a very wealthy man. But you know, a lot of us get ourselves caught in this, don't we? We get caught in our life, and it's just rolling the way it's rolling. For whatever reason, we are who we are, and we've made a mistake. And we've made bad judgments. We've made bad decisions, like my decision not to turn this thing around quicker when I was in school. It just went on and on. And maybe you made a mistake professionally at the office. Maybe you made a mistake in your relationships. Maybe you've made a grievous error in your relationships in your marriages. Maybe you have just screwed up. And you've been carrying it, like we do, for years, allowing it to define you. Eventually, you embrace it, and you allow it and say, well, that's just me. My brothers and sisters, that is wrong. Zacchaeus knew, and all of this time, no matter how much wealth he had, no matter how much power he had, he knew he didn't like who he was. He knew he had made poor decisions, and he, had knew, no, he knew that he had hurt people. And so this inner tension, this inner war had to have been going on. Otherwise, why was he looking for this Jesus? For he had heard about Jesus. He had heard that he had forgiven Mary Magdalene. He heard that he had forgiven the woman caught in adultery. He heard all of this forgiveness of these grave sinners. And he thought to himself, wow, do I have to meet this guy? But he's short in stature. So as Jesus starts to go by, he runs and he climbs up a sycamore tree so that he can look down at him and see who this Jesus is. And as Jesus walks by, one of the most beautiful aspects of this gospel is it says that Jesus looked up in the tree 
and saw Zacchaeus and called him out by name and said to him, Today I will dine at your house. Well, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees went apoplectic. This guy is the one of the, he's the chief tax collector. He's one of the worst human beings on this planet. What kind of a prophet of God would associate with such trash? And Jesus says, today salvation has come to your home. He jumps down out of the tree. He stands before Jesus with a brand new beginning, with a brand new opportunity. He is jacked. His whole life has just had this opportunity flash in front of him. And he says, Lord God, because you have accepted me, you have shown me that I am valuable. I will forego everything that I have, half of my wealth. I'll give it to the poor, Lord. And anybody that I've extorted, Lord God, I am so sorry. I'll pay him back four times over. For I now know the grace of your forgiveness. And then you just said that salvation is coming to my home? You mean I'm part of the community? I can be a family member? Me? He was on fire. And his life was changed forever. My brothers and sisters, this gospel is beautiful because you and I, we get hung up on our past errors and our past failures. I've been on way too many retreats with adult men and women to know exactly what you are and can be carrying in your heart and you haven't confessed it because you've adopted it. Let it go. Jesus gives us this gospel so that we might become new with him. Let it go. Off to confession you go at the soonest possible and let Jesus Christ himself pull you down out of the tree and absolve you for your sins. Because as it says in the very first reading of wisdom, God does not count the cost. He is a God of mercy because he made us. So I want you to do something right now. I want you to think of that thing that's in your life that you've allowed to redefine you. That mistake, that error in judgment, that poor action, that sin, whatever. I want you to think of it. I want you to call it out by name, not verbally in your mind. And I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I give you this, and I beg you to redefine my life. And then you come up to this altar, and you receive his body and blood so that you were created brand new. All of us. It's real. He's waiting for us. He's looking for us in the tree. Let us call out to him and let him change our lives. May God continue to bless you.